Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Welcome, welcome back to the show. This is episode 19. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. This is Live Free Creative. I'm happy that you made it. You're here. You're listening. How were your holidays? We're in that fun space in between Christmas and the new year. This is going to be the last episode of 2018. I think that one of the best things that I did this year was starting this podcast, just making it happen. I have enjoyed it so thoroughly, and I love hearing from you that are also enjoying the show, listening to it implementing some of the tips and advice that I share and also learning along with me as we head down this journey. 2019, I can already feel this buzzing energy. 2019 is going to be incredible. I am learning so much. I have got a lot of the year planned. I've got some specific business goals in mind that I'm excited about. And you know it's a good goal when you just want to like work on it all the time. You're kind of chomping at the bit to just like spend time immersed in the project or work that you're doing. That's how I feel about a a couple things coming up that I'm excited to share with you. One of them is my book, More Than Enough, which I began earlier this year. It's a memoir, um, sort of, I need to get a good elevator pitch together, it sounds like. The book shares the experience and the lessons that we learned in our year of not buying anything of 2017, and I spent a lot of time working on it earlier this year, and then I got so busy with life, I've been thinking about it and, you know, editing through it, but the next few weeks, I'm shoulder to the wheel to get the first draft all the way finished, which will be monumental, and I'm so excited about it. My goal is for that book to be out in the world this coming year in 2019. And so be excited. Look for that. Uh, I will definitely share as things happen. I also have a couple fun courses, online courses that I'm going to be sharing this year. I'm focusing on the book first, and then I have the first course and then the second course. And then at the end of the year, I would like to host an in-person retreat, a real live retreat where some of you could come and spend some time adventuring with me and making with me and learning together. So more details for all of that coming up. It's just so fun to think about it all, though. I hope that you have some of that fun, um, excited, enthusiastic, buzzy energy of all the incredible things that can happen this year that are in store for you if you choose them, if you just decide and you and you go for it. You go for it. Today's episode will touch on that idea of just really doing the things that light you up and inspire you. And if you're a mother, doing those things, how they amplify and synergize your ability to mother well. This episode, I'm titling it Wholeness in Motherhood, and I'm really excited to dive in. Before I do, I have a couple things I want to share with you. The first one is an odd job. When I was teaching a workshop in Portland, I 
some of the people in the class and I were chatting about the podcast and I mentioned something about one of the jobs that I had talked about on the show and one of the students immediately did that music sound. I said, you know the the so the segment music. I'm so happy. I use the same music for the segments that I do on this show and I had no idea that that was familiar enough for her to know it. So that made me super happy. This is an odd job segment, so we've got that funky little music at the beginning. The job that I want to share with you today is really fun for this time of year. I worked at Sundance Resort, which is a ski resort owned by Robert Redford up nestled in Provo Canyon in Utah. I worked there first as in the cafe, and then later when the ski season began, I worked as a snowboard instructor. What I want to share about today is working in the cafe. So this cool Sundance is a really, really cool resort. It's all woodsy and rustic and beautiful, just nestled up in the Alpine hills. Uh, The ski resort is fantastic. It has a couple great dining options. It has some fun lodging options. You can go stay like in a cool cabin off kind of by yourself. There's a fantastic spa. It's just an overall wonderful place. I got a job in the cafe because I wanted to be a snowboard instructor, but I needed to work. I was in college and I needed to work. And so they put me in the cafe kind of tied me over until the ski, until the snow fell and the ski season began. It was really, really fun. There were a couple things that I loved about it that I want to share. So the cafe was just kind of in the, we were in the lodge and there's a restaurant in front of us. So we could kind of hang out and chat with the hostesses of the restaurant, but the cafe just serves cold sandwiches. And, um, I was a barista. So I, I think in a different episode, I talked about working at Normandy cafe where I had learned It was a French cafe. I'd learned all about making drinks. And so, and then we also sold like pastries and cookies and some salads and these wonderful sandwiches. It was a really fun time. The two highlights of my experience working at Sundance Cafe were these. One, I learned how to make incredible chicken salad. Now, I would not say that I'm like a chicken salad egg salad, macaroni salad. Like I'm not like a salad girl. I like salads like green salads and fruit salads, but I've never really been into mayonnaise, which means that I automatically have disliked most of those like a salad in terms of like mashing a bunch of stuff together with mayonnaise. (laughs) Never been my favorite. One of the things that the cafe girls were in charge of was making the chicken salad for the chicken salad sandwiches that we would put on croissants. I guess I never really made chicken salad before. I was like 20 years old. And so I learned how to make the chicken salad and I'm going to share it with you. So the kitchen would make rotisserie chickens and then bring them to us. And so we got to debone the chickens, pull all of the meat off. And this is so fantastic because you can do the same thing just with a Costco rotisserie chicken or a rotisserie chicken from your grocery store. You just debone it. So you take all of the meat off, the white meat and the dark meat, and you chop it all up into cubes. And then the secret ingredient was rosemary. So we would strip Uh, rosemary leaves off of the stems and chop them really finely and we put kind of a lot I would say for a whole chicken we did probably a full tablespoon maybe a tablespoon and a half of chopped fresh rosemary that would go in there and then we would chop up little pieces of celery so I think celery is pretty standard in chicken salad and then we would put red grapes that were cut in half and that is so delicious in a chicken salad I have to tell you so we cut up the grapes 
put those in there. We did use mayonnaise, but it was just like one scoop of mayonnaise, a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, which gives it this twisty kick, which is amazing, and then olive oil, which kind of um, was a way to lighten up the chicken salad without having a ton more mayonnaise in it. So it's kind of stuck together between the mayonnaise, the oil, and the mustard, and then salt and pepper to taste. So cranking salt, like sea salt and cranked freshly ground black pepper is better than just shakeable kind. The rosemary grate crunch of the celery, this rotisserie chicken, that little spicy Dijon is amazing. It's really delicious and I loved it on the croissant so you'd get a fresh croissant. Anyway, so I'm getting hungry now just thinking about it. If you have never made that type of chicken salad before, I would invite you to do so and enjoy. My second favorite moment that happened while I was working at Sundance Cafe was the day that I got to serve a latte to Bob himself, Mr. Robert Redford. He wasn't normally just kind of out and about on the grounds, even though we would all know when he was there, like on the property, he owns the joint. And so everyone, you know, it would kind of go around in meetings and stuff in the morning that Bob was on the property. But this morning he had called in his latte and I had made it for him. I had my back to the register and I turned around and rather than having an assistant pick it up, he had wandered over to pick it up himself. It is so interesting to come face to face with someone who is so familiar looking as a celebrity. You know what they look like and then you're like, oh, this is you. And the two things that struck me about him were that he's super duper short. And the other thing was that his eyes are so piercingly blue you just know how he became a famous movie star because you can't look at eyes like that. I mean, he's talented and, you know, all of those things as well, but his eyes were so striking and I'm sure I just bumbled a little bit and be like, here's your latte. And it surprised me because he paid for it, which is not something I would have expected with him, you know, owning the whole resort, but he went ahead and paid for it. He left me a nice tip and that was really fun. <laughs> Before I jump in with two feet to talking about wholeness in motherhood, I just wanted to quickly mention if you are a content creator or you make videos or you do any type of audio work and you need royalty free music, all of the incredible tracks that I use for all of my segments, all the little bits, and also just music that I use to, you know, at the beginning and the end of the episode, it all comes from Pleasant Pictures Music Club. It is an online subscription service where you pay, it's $15 a month, and you get access to hundreds of incredible royalty-free tracks that you can use in any way you like. So I love using them in the podcast. I'm always looking for new music to put, you know, kind of in between segments and things at the end. The other thing that I use it for is when I'm creating videos for YouTube or videos even for Instagram that I want to put up and not have that be blocked by because of the royalties in the music. So... If you are any type of a content creator, I invite you to check it out. It's pleasantpictures.club. And because I'm such a huge fan, I asked for a discount code to share with you. You can get 15% off of your subscription using the code LIVEFREE15. L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E. One five. If you're looking for any type of royalty-free music, you could even join for just a month or two and collect a couple songs that you love that you could use over and over again. I have never seen such great music that's unique. It's all different genres. There are seriously hundreds and hundreds of tracks. I haven't even listened to a quarter of them. 
I found some that I absolutely love, but they're divided really nicely. They're all original. You can use them in any application. They're already divided up for you into 6, 15, 30, 60, 90 second increments. So you can just pop them in where you want to use them. It's just the smartest system and really perfect for content creators. So if you resonate with that, if that's something that's been a pain point for you, finding really great royalty-free music, I invite you to check it out. It's the best that I have found. You can use the code LIVEFREE15 for 15% off. And I hope you enjoy. And with that funky beat, let's jump into talking about wholeness in motherhood or how to be a mom and do other things too. (laughs) This is such an interesting topic because I don't know that it's something that I have struggled with a whole lot. And maybe that's why I get questions often from people who watch my Instagram stories or have read my blog and they reach out and say, how do you do it all? How do you run a business and see your kids? How do you get sewing projects done and not feel guilty for hiring a babysitter? How do you travel with your friends or with your sisters and leave your kids behind? The question that I hear so often is, how do you manage to be a mom and do other things? Well, (laughs) the answer to me feels really simple, but I know that for a lot of people it isn't very simple. And so I want to discuss a few different points that maybe will, if you're struggling with this, with the idea of being a mom and doing other things that you love, hopefully will shed some light and maybe inspire you to explore a little bit more what might work for you. The answer for me is, well, I am a better person when I do the things that I love. I love to work. I love to travel. I love to sew. I love to read. I love to go on runs. I really need to exercise. I really like to spend time with my friends. I like to travel with Dave or with my sisters or with friends alone. And so I feel like I should do the things that I love. I also love being a mom. I love my children. I love spending time with them, playing. I love helping them with homework. I love reading to them and teaching them new things. I love playing games with them. I love traveling with my kids. In a couple epi- a couple episodes ago, I talked about taking my kids by myself on a month-long road trip. I absolutely adore spending time with my kids. And I think that something that just needs to be cleared up right now from the gate is that you can love your kids to the core and still love other things. You can love being a mom and love working. You can love being a mom and have hobbies. These things are not mutually exclusive and I don't know exactly where we got the idea that they were. I believe that I am a whole person, independent of anyone else, independent of my husband, independent of my children, independent of my parents. I myself am an entire person. I am a whole person. And there's not anything 
that can be added to or taken away from my wholeness. Whether or not I choose to believe that and live into it is another thing. But I believe that we are each unique, entire people when we come to the earth. We are born with wholeness. We have lots of things to learn. We have lots of things to improve on. Absolutely. Lessons and skills and challenges to go through. But we are whole. Our worth is intact and inherent from the time we are born. I want to begin thinking about myself as a child. I want you to think about yourself as a child. You were born to a family. You were this little person. And as you were learning and growing, you developed some skills, you developed some talents, you had different pieces of your life. At some point you went to school, maybe you played on a sports team, or you learned ballet, or an instrument, or you just have an affinity for reading. All of those things that make up the person that you were as a child. You were invited as you grew up to develop yourself in different ways. I remember learning about how I needed to work on development in some different aspects of life. Physical, mental, social, spiritual, and intellectual. There were these five things. And I remember oftentimes, um, maybe it was just my schooling, maybe it was church, maybe it was my parents, maybe it was a combination of all of those things. I remember often drawing sort of a pie chart of my myself. And I would draw this circle and I would divide it up into the different things, the different aspects of my life. And I would create some goals or reflect on what I needed to do for improvement or the things that I was doing well that built up the person that I was. I had an entire pie chart. When I was in elementary school, it looked like gymnastics and violin lessons and, you know, being a sister and being a daughter and being a friend and going to church and developing my faith. And that was about it. So that was my pie chart. It was me and all of the things that I did and the things that I, you know, was the ways that I identified with myself. That was my pie chart. And then I moved on to maybe say I was a junior in high school and it had a lot more slivers and they had to be a little bit smaller because I had a lot more things going on. So I played on the tennis team. I was on the drill team. I was on the dance club. I was the president of Community of Caring. I was a daughter. I was a girlfriend. I was a sister. Uh, I still went to church. I was learning at school and actually needed to go to school. And so I had all of these things making up my pie chart, which was really full and it all just they were all just different pieces of of who I was and the things that I did and the things that I loved and what I was learning about. Now fast forward to when I got married. My life at that point looked a little bit different. I was going to nursing school full time. I was working as a nurse assistant. I was also working part time in retail. I was a wife and I was a new daughter-in-law. I was still a daughter. I was still a sister. I had friends. I was doing some volunteering. Um, I was still going to church and had my faith. And so my pie chart was was full and, and different, um, but still just, you know, all, all pieces of this one life. And I think up to that point, a lot of you can relate. And then, and then I had my first child. And I think what a lot of people assume happens when you have your first child and you become a mom is that your pie chart gets wiped clean 
and there no longer is division. It's just mom. For whatever reason, there is this idea pervasive in society that once you become a mom, that that is your defining characteristic of your life. And that the things that you used to do are no longer relevant. And the things you used to enjoy, you need to just say goodbye to for a while. And I don't believe that. I believe that my children are a piece of who I am. Absolutely. My children have changed me and continue to change me. But my motherhood does not define who I am. Because who I am has been whole from the beginning. Is motherhood sometimes all-encompassing? Yes, it can feel all-encompassing. And it also can feel all-encompassing when we have the perspective that we have to do it all ourselves. I think that those two things come hand in hand. That if you believe that your motherhood is all that you can do, that 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 becomes who you are once you're a mom and there's nothing else, that you, are, that you need to pursue in your life, then you believe that you are all important in your child's life, that you are the only one who can do it, who can wipe diapers, who can feed, who can teach, who can rock, who can comfort, who can love. You believe that you are the ultimate. And I think that that can be dangerous. We are not meant to raise our children on an island. We're not meant to raise our children alone or as a couple. There's that old saying that it takes a village to raise a child. The reason that it takes a village to raise a child is because all of the people involved are also being people themselves and teaching that child in different ways. Now, the idea that you, even if you wanted to, that you could be 24-7 mom all the time, nothing else in your life is a little bit ludicrous. Even people who choose to stay at home with their children and be all involved in their children's lives can't be on all the time. It's impossible. It reminds me of a blog post that I wrote years ago, and I'll link it in the show notes at livefreecreative.co slash podcast about mom life balance. We hear so much about work-life balance for people who are working that you need to have balance between your work and you need to have breaks and you need to have hobbies and you need to, you know, be a whole person. But no one ever talks about it for moms. We sort of assume that there doesn't need to be this mom-life balance, that motherhood is just what there is. And I, that's what this podcast I'm trying to share, the idea that motherhood is a piece of life. It isn't life itself. Even in, you know, in any job, there are requirements for taking breaks and for having time off and having days off. There's no better way to feel fulfilled in your job than when you're doing other things to support it. Other things that are unlike your job, that stretch you and develop you as a person, as a whole person in different ways so that you bring all of that learning and understanding and and insight and inspiration back to the job that you are doing. 
I think that we would all agree that that happens for, you know, someone who's a dentist who needs to have something else to do. So when he comes back, he's fresh. Someone who is an attorney and spends all day sitting at a desk or a doctor, you know, in the hospital. You have to have time away from that to develop yourself and to feel whole and to feel happy and to learn and grow. In fact, one of my favorite ways to get over a block when I have a creative block either in work or at home is to do something totally different. To go on a walk or to go on a hike or to take a couple days off, to go on a vacation, to go somewhere new, to try to learn something different, take a class. Because what those things do is develop ourselves as people. Develop the skills and understanding and enthusiasm and energy that we have as people. And when we have that inside ourselves as individuals, we take it with us into all of the different things that we do. So if you liken that to motherhood, when you are working in your motherhood, you're actively engaged in being home, all of the physical things that come with young motherhood, changing diapers, feeding, naps, you know, playtime, tummy time, all of those things. And then your kids grow up a little bit and it's a little bit less physical, but it's um, maybe shifts a little bit more mental where you're trying to instill values and teach lessons and have conversations and get to know your kids. And then you have to help with homework and manage kind of the logistical strategic part of it as well. That is all one act. That's all one thing. This is this incredible job role of motherhood, that is a role, that is a piece of the pie, that is a piece of your wholeness. And sometimes the very best way to do a really good job at that job of being a mom is to spend time away from it doing those other things that you enjoy to inspire and energize and fulfill. And once you've done that, you fill yourself up, you come back fresh. You come back excited. You come back with new ideas, with greater appreciation, and with a heightened ability to be an even better mother because you are becoming an even better person. Let me say that concisely. When you spend time doing the things that you love outside of motherhood, you come back an even better mother because you are becoming an even better person person. I want to share four ideas to help drive this idea of wholeness in motherhood home. And I just quickly want to mention, without going on sort of a soapbox about this, that it is unique to motherhood that we feel this way, that it should be all-encompassing and that you are not able to do other things. I have never, ever heard a father feel guilty about going to the gym because he needs to be home watching the kids or feel guilty about going to work every day because he needs to be home watching the kids. This is something, this idea that motherhood should be all you do is unique to mothers and not to fathers. And I think that we as women do a lot of the perpetuating of the idea of the mom guilt by judging each other or by judging ourselves instead of recognizing that we are all individuals with whole lives that need to be lived and that can be developed. And as we allow ourselves the grace 
to pursue the things that we love in combination and harmony with being fantastic, incredible mothers, we allow other people permission to do the same. So the first thing I want to share this principle that I believe about wholeness in motherhood is that wholeness is inherent. This goes back to what I was talking about in the beginning of the show. And it's a principle that feels eternal and divine to me. Whether or not you believe in a higher power or you believe in a divine maker or a God, I want to invite you to consider the idea that you are unique and that your worth has nothing to do with anything that you do or do not do. That who you are right now is enough. And you can grow and develop and learn absolutely. And you can try new things and you can meet big goals and you can have all types of success and accomplishment. But none of those things add to your inherent value as a human being. Just using a visual example, you can think of your wholeness as that circle, that pie chart. And it doesn't really matter what you put inside it, it's still whole. All of the things that you do and choose to pursue get to take up pieces of your time and your energy and your effort, but none of those things add or take away to the actual circle itself. It all is within the wholeness of who you are when you arrive. And all of the things within the circle are just choices that you get to make. How do you want to spend your time? How do you want to spend your energy? With whom do you want to associate? What are the things that you love and that you enjoy? You get to choose what goes in your circle, but that entire circle is there no matter what you choose. So that's number one. Your wholeness is inherent. Number two is that our goal should be to be centered, not to be balanced. Now this is a concept that I love the illustration of that I just read about in the new book from Rachel Hollis. I got an advanced copy. It's kind of fancy. I know. I don't know how I got on the list, but I'm happy that I did. I've been reading Girl Stop Apologizing that will come out in March, and I think that you should all get it when it comes out. It's fantastic. But in this one section, she's talking about the idea that I'm sharing right now, this idea of how people believe you can't pursue your dream and still be a good mom. And she debunks it just as I'm trying to. But one of the things that I love is that she talks about how being balanced is just a myth. And I think we all, I hope that we all agree, right? That that balance, the idea of doing everything perfectly all the time, like that nothing ever feels out of whack in your life, that's just craziness and, it, and it's just not real. That shouldn't in fact even be the goal because we can never give the same amount of attention to each different thing in our lives because they require different amounts of attention at different times. Rachel says this in this chapter on page 45. She says, I don't think the goal is ever to be balanced. I think the goal is to be centered. Centered means that you feel grounded and at peace with yourself. Centered means that you can't be knocked off balance regardless of how chaotic things become. I adore that. 
That is my new visual reference when I think about all of the different aspects of my life that I'm juggling. Yes, I'm a mom to three incredible kids. I'm a wife to a husband that I adore. I have a dog. I've got four chickens. I have a house that's currently in crazy reconstruction after our flood. I have a business that I run, products that we offer, a podcast that I, inc- that I love recording. I have a book that I'm working on. I have other courses that I'm working on. I have decided that I want to sew more this year because I miss it and I love it so much. There are so many things happening in my life and similarly in your life, although all of them may be different, being centered means that all of that chaos won't knock you off balance, that you feel grounded and at peace with yourself regardless of all of the different things that are happening. What would it be like if you decided right now that balance is a myth that you do not have to achieve? That you decided instead that you are going to find that grounding, centered anchor within yourself, recognizing that you get to choose and that not everything is an emergency? One of the ways that this shows up, this idea shows up in real life, in my life right now is that I understand that I need to be fully present when I'm working to do a good job at work. And I also need to be fully present with my kids when I'm in, when I'm, when they're home and I'm being mom. And so understanding that different pieces of my life get highest priority at different times. And also that nothing can be given a high priority if I haven't prioritized filling myself up, taking care of my health, my mental health, my physical health, my well-being, my spirituality, so that I'm able to accomplish any of the things that I hope to accomplish and feel fulfilled at any of the things that I want to enjoy. I get to ask myself, what is the most important thing right now? And for you, those of you with really young kids, I know this can be tricky because they're so needy when they're little. My kids are now all in school five days a week. So between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, I can kind of turn off mom mode because my kids are taken care of. They're at school and they're being handled. I mean, of course, if they need something, I can drop whatever I'm doing and be there. But I understand that when kids are small, that it is a lot harder because there isn't necessarily a really clearly defined line. Unless you've made the choice to have childcare or a system in place, and I highly recommend that you do that. From the time Milo was one year old, even younger than that, I started back to work as a nurse when Milo was four or five months old. I don't think that everyone should work as a mom. That's not everyone's path, but it was for me. I loved what I was doing. I was working as a nurse, a diabetes educator, and I worked a couple days a week, and I would leave Milo with childcare while I went to work. And I did an excellent job at work. I was so good at my job, and I loved every minute of it. And I would come back to him, and he would have been well cared for and excited to see me, and I was thrilled to see him, and then we would move on with our day. I got to do both because I had chosen and then felt good about it. When he was one, I started hosting a play group. There were five of us and we would would exchange children (laughs) once a week 
for an hour and a half, all the kids would come to my house one week, and then all the kids would go to someone else's house the next week. And that meant four weeks out of the five, I had this hour and a half that I wasn't at work and I wasn't being mom because Milo was being taken care of. And so I got to do whatever else I wanted. And I would use that time to go to the store by myself or to work on a project at home that I felt like was really hard to do when he was toddling around. These things don't just happen. You have to choose them. This brings me to number three, which is that guilt does no good. Guilt does not serve you or any of your family. If you really, really want to go back to work and you have kids, but you feel guilty that you're not going to spend every single minute with them, I would invite you to evaluate those feelings. If it's something that you love, they will not be worse off for you spending some specific time away. And maybe you don't want to work, but you have a hobby or a project that you would love to get done, but you feel bad hiring a babysitter. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why you'd feel bad hiring a babysitter, but people do feel bad because we for whatever reason, think that we are the only people, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, we think that we're the only people who can do it. We're the only people that our children need. And that is incorrect. Our children need to learn how to be with other people. They need to learn how to socialize and get along with other kids and with other adults. That is part of becoming a a little human is that you learn about other people and you learn about how to go play and how to have a babysitter. The importance of teaching our kids how to interact with other people is a lesson that often gets overlooked by virtue of we need to be with them all the time. It is so helpful and so wonderful to have a child who can easily go into the daycare at the gym so that I can spend time working out because the first several times that we went and They cried because they didn't like it or they didn't want to be left alone. We got through it. That was something they needed to learn. And then they learned it. And then they had an excellent time. And we all benefited because I got to have a workout. And they got to spend an hour playing with new friends. Every single mother is going to do things a little differently. Every single mother is going to make different choices and feel differently about things. Every single place you look, there will be advice and articles and unsolicited (laughs) tips about how to be a better mom. And all of them will conflict. And all of them will tell you things that make you feel like you're doing it all wrong. You're not doing it all wrong. You're doing the best you can. And even having the feelings of, I would love to do something else, but I feel bad because I also feel like I should spend all of my time with my kids as a mom means that you love them so much that you want to be the best mom that you can for them. I can tell you from my experience, and my experience will not be your experience, that I am a better mom because of the time that I spend pursuing my dreams. Not only them do I get to cuddle them and read to them and teach them and go on walks with them and play with them, I also get to show them what it looks like to choose the things that I love and to actively include them in my life. 
I can tell my kids all day long that they can do whatever they want when they grow up, that they get to choose the job that they want to have. They get to choose the hobbies that they pursue. They get to choose the adventures that they want to go on. And then I show up for my own life as an example of the person that I hope that they will feel like they can also be, that they can also choose what they love and do it, that they can make goals for themselves and pursue them, that they can, not at the expense of, but at the benefit of their family, become even greater people through pursuing the things that light them up and build them up and teach them. I believe that my children came to my family because I am the type of mother that they need. I am a mom who works, who exercises, who plays, who travels by myself and without them and with them, and who goes to movies by myself and with them, and who has an office uptown that they get to come hang out in. And sometimes I leave them home with a babysitter so I can go to work. And sometimes I leave them with their dad so I can go to work. And sometimes they came, they come with me and we get to work on projects together. I'm the kind of mom that they need. And I believe that you are the kind of mom that your children need. And the things that you do for your own self-development and your own passions are also a piece of what your children need. They need all of you. They need you loving your life. They need you learning new things that you want to learn. They need you spending time pursuing your dreams because it gives them permission to pursue theirs as well. The final thing I'm going to touch on today is that we have to have in order to give. As a mother... As a person, that energy and vibrancy and enthusiasm and inspiration that we bring to life and share with others comes from within ourselves. And this is, you know, age old and you've heard this a hundred different times, but it is true that if you don't take care of yourself and your needs not in a selfish way, but in a, an intentional way that you build yourself up and you maintain your health and your mental health and your intellect and your physical health, you are better able to serve those around you. When you spend time and energy and effort and intention to develop yourself and to learn and to light yourself up with the things that you love, that light will be infectious and contagious and you can't help but then share it. You can't help but then be enlightened. You become the very best mother that you can be by first becoming the very best person that you can be. And who that is looks different for all of us. The things that you love, the ways that you need to take care of yourself, the sleep that you need, the right diet for you, the right ways that you spend your time, all of those things are so individual. And this is another reason that we can't 
judge. You know, I was just gone a lot in December. I was gone, basically traveled the first full two weeks of December. And I'll admit, I was a little bit worried about it. I looked at the calendar and thought, my gosh, that's a lot of time away from home. That's a lot of bedtimes I'm missing. That's a lot of school drop-offs I'm not going to be there for. And I wondered, are my kids going to be worse off because of those two weeks that I'm not, you know, ever present in their lives? The answer, my friends, is no. (laughs) They were not worse off. They were so excited for me. And we got to FaceTime and they would ask me about how Chicago was and how was Portland and how was Uncle Taylor and how did the workshops go? And while I was out working and teaching and doing some of the things that I feel really strongly called to do, they were at home getting to spend extra time with dad, getting to talk about how mom was off teaching people all over the country. And I came home to excited, wonderful kids who I missed while I was gone and who missed me, but were no worse off. In fact, they were better off because of the time that I spent doing something that I loved and sharing it with them. And I hope when they grow up and they have big dreams and they are really excited about something in their lives that they will remember my example of setting off and doing the thing that I wanted to do despite the obstacles, despite the challenges, and despite lots and lots of voices that would tell me that I probably shouldn't do it because I need to stay home as a mom. To quickly recap, my four principles of wholeness in motherhood are these. One, wholeness is inherent. Two, You want to be centered, not balanced. Three, guilt does no good. And four, you have to have in order to give. I hope that some of the things that I've talked about today have resonated with you in some way. And if you're struggling with mom guilt or struggling with the idea of wanting to be a mom and all of the other things that you may have swirling around in your head and your heart, I invite you to spend some time thinking and planning and choosing and to to stretch out and try as you become the best person you can be that automatically spills over into you becoming an even better mom for your kids. Thank you so much for being here. I have loved sharing this episode. I hope that something has resonated with you. I'm going to invite you, as I always do, to subscribe. If you're not subscribed, you don't want to miss any episodes. So subscribe, share this with a friend, take a screenshot, put it on Instagram, leave a review if you haven't done that yet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year. I'll catch you in 2019. See you later. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.